quite redundant. So, uh, yeah, we're yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? Okay. What kind of an intro was that? We haven't yeah, started yet. Yeah, no, we haven't started. Okay. I was joking. We're not start with that. Uh, I have I have a good thing to say though. Okay. What? Do you guys like Rice Krispie treats? Yeah, they're pretty like, good. Homemade ones or the ones that you buy in the store? I don't know what the difference is. Honestly. Oh, the homemade ones they're... are so much better. They don't have that chemical they're flavor. They're fresher. Yeah, the, sure. the ones in the oh, store I mean... have this like chemical. Anyways, uh, I was thinking about making them with rice Chex mix instead of rice crispy. Do you think that would work, or would that be horrible? Uh, Only one way you to know find what? out. You can always you can always experiment. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should do that. Report back. We'll so put, I talk, we'll put photos. I yeah. talked to a reader about this, and he says oh. that he instead likes what's called puppy chow, which includes peanut butter and powdered sugar. And I was saying that I thought that, that sounds a little heavy for me, but I would eat that as yeah. well. Peanut butter is that just too gnarly. Like, I like uh, peanut butter, but it's like brutal. I feel peanut like butter? it's just too much sugar. That's peanut just like a lot my, of sugar. My favorite uh, addition to any sweet. Not oh, really? Sweet, Mine's probably chocolate. Chocolate, peanut butter, can you get a better combo? Chocolate, peanut butter, and some sort of carb. Mm. Mm. I like Rice right? Krispie Treats. Like a Rice Krispie Treat covered in peanut butter no, and then dipped much. in chocolate? No, oh it's too God, much. Then, then it's just this like sugar bomb. That's how I feel. I, peanut butter doesn't have that much sugar in it. It doesn't have to have that much sugar, sugar in it. Peanut butter is just like brutal. Like People put it in smoothies. They juice it. They like drink it straight. It's just too gnarly. I, you know, I'm not... <laughs> people drink it straight, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I one time attended a, uh, a viewing party of Saving Private Ryan where we took shots of peanut butter every time yeah. someone got shot. That's... <laughs> what? <laughs> you guys were probably hammered yeah. after the first scene. <laughs> no, we all choked to death, but... Uh, okay. Uh, what did you call it? Puppy chow? That Puppy Chow is the too... uh, peanut butter and powdered sugar, but I but the, I was calling the Chex Mix one. I don't have a name for it. Chex treats. Okay. I don't know. Uh, uh, let's see. Like, uh, yeah, Chex. I don't know. You could you could definitely uh, try it out and. I think yeah, I'll let you know back. if I do it. I'll. I, my only problem with it is I feel like the Chex are more stir like durable than than Rice Krispies, so it'd be like they might it might be like too like stiff to bite into. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. I'll let you guys maybe know you need to it. smash them up a little bit yeah that's not what has to happen smash them maybe like wet them a little I don't know I'm not sure I don't really know how you make rice krispie treats it's just like what like waffle nutter and rice krispies you you melt marshmallows on top of butter which is like the best smelling thing in the world and then you yeah. and you just slowly kind of stir in the cereal to it okay and then it's done yeah hmm. that sounds good uh I have a question for you guys. Yes. It's a very serious question. Shoot, Danny. Uh, I, I stole this question from, from somewhere else. But okay. what is the first game you ever paid your own money for? Can I go last? Whoa. You can go last, yeah. I thought I have a good answer. Warren has to go first. I think, I think I have the answer, actually. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, so there was a blockbuster in my hometown throwback right a blockbuster and they would sell used games and uh i saved up a bunch of quarters and dimes so i could buy the video game state of emergency by rockstar mm. oh yeah throwback right yeah I like big state throwback <laughs> yeah so I, so i went to the blockbuster with like my bag of 20 dollars in coins because it cost 19.99 
And the cashier, just like the look on his face when I brought just this bag of quarters, like he looked <laughs> at me and he's like, you know, you know, kid, banks exist, you know, you could, <laughs> you could just bring this, this change in and get a $20 bill, you know that, right? And I was like, oh, but uh, I have coins. And uh, we literally just counted all the coins and wasted this poor guy's time so I could get state of emergency. Mm. This was when I was about 10. Was it worth it? Maybe nine. Uh yeah, that I game was violent. I love State of Emergency. And I was I was so young and I was just murdering everybody and I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it was good like, time. It was like uh, GTA without the cars. Exactly, and yeah. arguably more fucked up and violent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. vaguely remember that game. Uh, the first game I bought with my own money that I like earned professionally. I definitely bought some games with like allowance. But the first one that I bought with my own money, I remember very vividly, it was my birthday. I think it was my 15th birthday. And I had some money in the bank. Maybe it was my 16th birthday. I don't know. Something around that. I had some money in the bank. I pulled the money out. I went into the electronics boutique and purchased the LucasArts collection, which came with TIE Fighter, X-Wing, mm, nice. um, Full Throttle, and some other games. Some, some, and then the, some of those really shitty FMV LucasArts Star Wars games. Uh, I can't even remember. Rebel Assault name. 1 and 2. Rebel Assault oh, 1 and 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what a throwback. I but loved those games. Really, I bought the game to play TIE Fighter. And I, I also bought a Sidewinder um, joystick to play TIE Fighter with. And it was like one of the, it was like one of my first really immersive video gaming experiences where it's just like all the shit that I had was, you know, the gear was playing into it. And like that game had a really cool story. So that was pretty, pretty awesome. That is good. I remember playing a lot of those games on like those specific copies. Mm-hmm. It was good stuff. I didn't know we had full throttle. I would have played that. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't know what it was, and I didn't really have a... I was so annoyed with King's Quest at that point that I was like, fuck mm. adventure games. <laughs> I want action games. I want 3D games, because you know 3D games were just starting to happen, so I was like, yeah, give me that. Yeah, I could see that. Some of those old adventure games, just like the solution to some of those puzzles, are just so stupid. Like, you're just in full throttle. You're literally just going around kicking shit because you're like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the memory I associate with those types of games, just being lost for 30 minutes. And this was before you could just look up the solution online. Oh, yeah. No, that was <laughs> so not an option would, back then. Yeah. Yeah, so you would just be stuck. You'd like, So I have so many adventure games that I just never finished. You'd be stuck. they were just <laughs> too And hard. you didn't have any other games to play often. Because, like, I didn't have a 500-game Steam library back then. I, I, You know, I had, like, three other games that I was probably sick of. How did we have King's Quest? Because I remember playing it, King's Quest Six, and just anytime you click on anything, you die, basically. We had several of those. They came with our gateway, Ah, which was, like, the first computer that my dad got. Got a gateway. One of his friends from work brought over Doom 2 and uh, Descent. The Descent. Mm. I think it's just Descent, but yeah. yeah. It's funny, Descent, those guys are still around. They're now making, like, Saints Row. It's weird that they've... That's the studio that made Descent? Yeah, Parallax became Volition. Oh, weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. Kevin, uh, you're a So my game, I, game. I, I, I don't have a f- complete memory of this. I want to say it's, like, COD4 or Mass Effect. Hmm. I, like, if you count games I got from, like, Grandma's Money and stuff, like... Or, like what about Halo 3? Uh... 
that's a good I, story, right? Yeah, I'm like, did I buy that myself? I must have actually. Yeah, I don't no, remember, I brought I, you there. But did I buy that before I bought COD? I don't know. It would have been the same year. Those are all 2007. The same games. time, yeah. 2007 games. Uh, I remember going to the store, waiting in line. I got the um, tin version of Halo Three. Came with like, the collector's version. It was ten dollars more, and I was like, why wouldn't I get the tin version? I actually don't like tin cases because they don't fit. They don't like like aesthetically mesh with regular game cases. So like this big yeah. kind of bulbous case. I mean, I get like that they're fancy, like the higher end. But I remember like uh, getting it and be like, yes, we have Halo Three. Like this is like the most, the biggest hype moment, you know, ever. Even though Halo Two sucked, I was still hyped on Halo Three. <laughs> um, and I remember like opening it up and like the discs had fallen out. Like the like the jewel case, tin case wasn't very high quality. The discs were like just loose, like kind of rattling around mm. in the tin, which sucked. I still have that case somewhere, actually. GameStop Midnight. I remember playing the game Tell Morning. Like, I just played it nonstop. Those days. <laughs> That's, like, such a teenager thing to do is, like, get a game and then just play it, like, for, like, 18 hours straight. Yeah. Because you can do it. capability anymore. Could not do that. Yeah, though. you could do it. You don't have a lot of obligations, presumably. I don't know. But Halo 3 kind of lived oh. with that hype, I remember. It was, like, really exciting. It was like, this is good. Halo 3 was good. <clears throat> Yeah, that, I remember I, I snuck in line and also got a copy with you that night. I That's did not right. get the tin version. but uh, Do you still I, have I that? I was like, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I do. I still I do, my, I don't know I still have my be. tin case somewhere. Even though I would never play it, I have Master Chief Collection, but I have it somewhere. I used to have a lot of Xbox 360 and like GameCube games, and I don't have any sure. of those anymore. Like, I, I, I got rid of most of that. Like, I had all of the Resident Evil releases that were on gamecube from zero to i want to say four like I'll, every one that. of those games i had you even awesome. had the shitty two and three ports on gamecube i had them i don't have them any longer so but i did have them at one if point. i remember correctly and i'm pretty sure i do remember correctly resident evil 2 and maybe even 3 on gamecube have higher resolution pre-rendered backgrounds so it's actually like the best versions of those games and higher resolution character models yeah yeah. Our, uh, the character models are run, I think, double the resolution that they did on the PlayStation. And they have like extra texture filtering, which I actually don't like because I like that chunky PlayStation 2 zombie look, you know, yeah. that like pixel PS1. look. Yeah. That's just how I see. That's what I mean. Yeah, PlayStation 1. That's how I see those games. So like when they get too smooth, I'm like, mm. that's yeah. like, like the, yeah. the the character model you can use in, in the remake of Resident Evil 2 looks a little strange, especially in those environments that are so realistic. It looks like a doll. Like moving around, like it reminds me of like a like one of those like uh, horror movies with the dolls in them. <laughs> I just remember on the N sixty four and the PlayStation one, like the PlayStation one had like kind of chunkier, more pixely look, more pixely look, while N sixty four had like cleaner polygons. And well, sometimes that would throw me off on some ports. Yeah, so the N sixty N sixty four had a really small texture cache, so it had like it would like blur the fuck out of the texture. It didn't have to do that, but it made every game back in the day they called it like the Vaseline Nintendo sixty four Vaseline look because like every texture was just like completely annihilated by the filtering that the system put on it, uh, except sure. Quake. Is I believe Quake is the one game that doesn't have that turned on them. Hmm. Quake Quake sixty four is it? Do you know if that's right or am I wrong about that? I don't Maybe remember. It's Quake two. That's on, that's There's on one P- game that doesn't have that. Or that's on PS One only. But you might be right. Oh, that's true. That the P- the Quake right. Quake sixty four is really good. Quake sixty four is good. Uh, Doom sixty four is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
what else is good? Orin, are you what's going on over there, man? Are you reading like a novel? What what are no, you, what are you I'm reading? Just, I'm just uh, I'm just squinting at you, Aaron, because I just realized like you just have amazing facial hair and just oh, amazing glasses yeah. and thanks, and, man. Uh, and you also have a Resident Evil game going on in the background, and I'm squinting at it because I want to see. Is this distracting what's going you? On. This this uh, no. Kevin I, told I'm, me that I'm, if I'm, somebody has a TV I'm, on in the background, like it is distracting. But I feel like it is distracting. It is su- sufficiently not prominent in this image to not be that distracting. But are you guys distracted? Like, no, I love Chris it. Doing to that I mean, zombie? it's pretty much like my favorite setting, so it's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. Resident Evil Spencer Mansion, so <laughs> right. Yeah, to 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 visual uh, to to well to our listeners, Aaron has a Resident Evil going on in the background. And it's just the menu, and it just is bringing back good memories. And it has the demo, yeah, from you know, my life. And like when I see Some... that like uh, that background with the Chris's eye like running away, I can just hear the ah, ah, ah! I can like hear the exact audio <laughs> from it. <laughs> yeah and and i felt like you know some married couples need visual aids right to aid the intimacy so i, I figured this podcast could use a visual aid to, to aid you know the intimacy mm. <laughs> I, I I'm, i've also reached that point in my life where my brain's atrophying so i feel like an old person so i kind of need that visual stimulation yeah and, yeah so. I, I don't want you to fall asleep over there okay like i i, I don't <laughs> want any more drooling while we're podcasting so uh yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys play this uh, GTA remaster? I did. All three of them. I did. No, no I've only put the Wait, first. No. Why does Oren have his name under this on the show notes? Are you lying? Oh, you lying I don't know. Because I, I guess I did. I don't know why I put my name there, but I did not play. Well, maybe it's because I was planning to play it, mm. but I've heard so many terrible things—not terrible things, but bad things about it—that I'm just not interested. But, Should we start with the good? Let's start with the good, Kevin. Start with the good. Okay. Uh, it has HDR, which really is a cool thing to see in an old game. I like that. Especially in Vice City. But it's broken. It's broken, but it does yeah. still work. It, it, but it crushes. It's black crushing. It needs to be tweaked for sure. But it's just cool to see the Vice City strip in HDR with all those neon lights. It looks... It's. It, it, I feel like it's like how Vice City should have always looked. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, I think I personally think the character models look accurate to the original games. Like I know that people aren't happy with them and I know that apparently some of the side NPCs look funny, but I haven't seen that yet. Um, I try not to get caught up in the hyperbole of the outrage and people have these criticism online. They kind of get into this echo chamber of like, Oh, this is the worst. So I haven't really seen a lot of that. My only real complaint with the game is the uh, performance. Other than that, I think it's, it seems like it plays better. The aiming is better. The, you know, there's a lot of stuff about just GTA design that is just very dated. So, like, I, you could criticize those things. But, like... I thought we were talking about the remasters, not not Red Dead 2. No, I, I said GTA design. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, I like, it, just in terms of, like, I think it's just cool. Like, okay, for me in particular, um, I... Playing this these three games on Xbox is, like, funny because... As a kid, I tried to buy GTA. I didn't have a PS2, but I had to play GTA. Uh, they all three games were on Xbox, and I went to the store with my mom. I went to GameStop, and the guy told her that there was very explicit content, like to the point of where I can't believe a, guy, a clerk in a store even mentioned this. It blows my mind that he said this to a mm. customer, and he he was like, "Oh yeah, this is in the game," and I and and <laughs> and, and she was like, "Oh, we're not going to buy this. You can't have this, Kevin." And I was like, "No, but that's not even." 
that's not even true. <laughs> like I played this game. I played it at Joey's. Mm. <laughs> um, so how, we didn't. How get did it. you end but, up getting the game? Uh, I went back with Aaron, you sir. Oh, like I want to say yeah. like three days later and bought yeah. it. <laughs> I got it for you. Because um, I was, was like, awesome. oh, this will not stand. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, and I got to play them, and, and they were great. And none of the things that the guy said were in the game. <laughs> I don't know why he said that. Still, I'm like, I don't know. But um, it's cool to play it on. I saw you, and you were like so innocent looking, and he's like, this kid can't go. Why would you lie, though? It's like, like <laughs> don't they work on commission? Don't they want to sell games? Uh, you know, I think they work on commission for pre-orders. But once the game's out, you can't sell a pre-order, so. I guess, but um, but anyways, I think like just for me, there's this funny like weird thing of like, oh, I'm playing this again on Xbox. Like I don't know, 20 years later or whatever. I don't know how long it's actually been. <laughs> Not quite that long. Hmm. Maybe close to though. Um, so it's just cool. Yeah, it's been it's been yeah. Fun. That's so, good. So that you're having a good experience. Yeah. I kind of want to jump in like. Part of the reason why I decided not to play these games is because I was watching uh, gameplay footage of Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and the guy like jumps into the water and he drowns instantly, and it just like reminded me that these games were made twenty years ago. Yeah, and that's just it. Just doesn't wait. Like I mean, Clyde learned to swim in the last twenty years. Claude. <laughs> They just never. Claude. Well, Tommy versus wait, is that Tommy Versetti or whatever? Uh, never learned to swim. None of them can swim. Oh, they, they yeah. parried it in uh, Driver Three. They, you have to fight this guy named Tommy Versimi, and he has like these giant water wings that he wears to make fun of. Yeah. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Carl can swim, but like, swim. yeah. So the lack of Carl can the swim. inability to swim is is pretty pretty hilarious. That, that's always the problem. That was always the case. Uh, huh. That know. was their way, I think, ultimately I like of same. locking you in the game, so you couldn't like leave the map. Yeah, because it was they're all islands. Yeah, it was an invisible boundary, basically, or yeah. a visible boundary, I suppose. Uh, I have played only San Andreas, and it. My, I haven't played that much of it, so I haven't had like a ton of uh, positive or negative experiences. I will say the HDR looks good, but it's like something's funky. It's too dark. Like it's not just yeah. crushing blacks, but it's like. It's like everybody looks like a silhouette in the cutscenes, which I'm like, that couldn't have been intentional. Uh, and uh, so what I understand, like some of the criticism that people are talking about, this is a port of the mobile phone versions, not the PlayStation or Xbox, ver Xbox versions. And the majority of the, uh, of the improvements have been made with AI upscaling without humans guiding the, the, uh, the process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like... Those old like I don't I don't know. My frustration is that this is a Rockstar game, and Rockstar is known for impeccable polish and quality, and like their brand like carries with it like an expectation that you're not going to get something that has a lot of problems. And the fact that these games have so many problems um, is a little is a little annoying. That like so, that they would put out a full priced product like it's fifty or sixty bucks, right, for the whole game. Yeah, 60. And that there's just like a litany of issues. Um, I think that's fair criticism. Even though it's not by Rockstar, yeah. but it, it's a Rockstar published game and it's a Rockstar franchise. So I, I totally. Their fucking brand on it. It's yeah. their IP. Like they should be looking after that like it's their fucking, you know, great grandchild you, and they're trying to like make sure did, that it's survived. You know. Did you read that they currently, at the, in the current state of this recording, they've, they've pulled the PC version because they left files? Right. So I just, I have to think that the irony here is cracks me up because this is not the first time that they've released a game 
that <laughs> with the files on it that were left. Thinking of hot coffee mod for San Andreas. The hot coffee mod's still in the game, apparently. Wait, it's still. <laughs> that's, that's what I saw. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Notice the sh- yes. That's so funny. Like, like there's just like a lot of weird shit, and like there's a lot. You can see a lot of the side by side texture stuff. That just looks. It looks weird, and like Claude. Why do I think his name's Clyde? His face looks strange to me. I just wish they had kept the old assets and just like amped up the resolution and the view distance and stuff like I don't like I don't know why you would let a team just go crazy with an AI upscaler across everything and not make sure that it's working you know what I mean so I, I haven't seen the weird texture stuff I guess I, I haven't I don't know I haven't hit that part of the map or I haven't seen that problem yet so far everything looks right to me in terms of mm. that. Um, I know the game is Unreal Engine now they've ported it over to Unreal yeah which is interesting. That must have been a serious undertaking. I wonder if they like ported the code over. I don't know how they did it, but it's 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 interesting. So it's like I said, it's a port of the phone versions that came right. out a few years I, ago. I just the thing that I really don't understand, and Aaron and I have talked about this privately, is just like the fact that this is a game on modern gen consoles and it has a performance mode. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. you know this is a performance and quality mode. It's a PS2 game. I mean, these were released on and it still looks consoles. like a PS2 game. Yeah. We're here three generations later, and we have the game runs at 30 FPS. I was like, "What? Switch versus 30 FPS? I mean, Switch could do 60. I don't understand." For a PS2 game, uh, there's some there's a lot of questions about this. I hope because Rockstar and it's also it's also like, look, Rockstar has so much money. Like Crisis, uh, Crytek put out this Crisis remasters, which were kind of like hot garbage uh, a year ago, maybe two years ago now. But like Crytek has no money, so I kind of don't blame them as much like it, it's it is an obvious blatant cash grab but it, like and i i don't think people should necessarily buy it but like rockstar is like one of the wealthiest companies they have the highest selling games like fire of the highest selling games ever made they're like they have billions of dollars this should have been done perfectly like before they released it this is their biggest games like some th- three of their most influential games ever made yeah i'm just f- frustrated that they didn't like make sure this was done completely right that's totally Not that fair. it's like a total train wreck, but then again, I don't know. The Digital Foundry guys seem to think it was a total train wreck. I was listening to their podcast, so I'm like, mm. Mm. I, I don't know. I haven't seen that much. I can't. I can only comment on what I've seen, and what I've seen was mostly just some bad performance and some uh, some weird HDR issues. Otherwise, it seemed fun to me. Yeah, just play better. Think of- where do you guys think all of that money is going? Like, it's just like, is it just like the CEO is just Investors. hoarding all the money and not doing anything with it? Is that like, the is it a classic case of that? Yeah. Oh, the investors. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, I, it's, it, I agree so though. I think the point of, of, you know, one of the biggest, I mean, GTA three in particular is like the game, the, the game that set the bar for open world games. Like that is like one of the most influential games ever made. So it is weird to see that they did some, potential they didn't go there all on it but I, it's weird now yeah oh uh, go ahead i guess I, I just was thinking like it's just it's just like i'm thinking back like they have done some remasters or re-releases of these games in the past that have been of poor quality as well so it's like do they just not care rockstar specifically had um it was the same team grove street games so they had a different name before but they've rebranded oh it's frustrating it's it's frustrating it also leaves me a little concerned because now we're hearing a lot of rumors that 
Red Dead Redemption is going to be remastered and finally released on PC. If Red Dead Redemption comes to PC, Bloodborne has to come to PC. I think that's just like written in the laws of logic, like Aristotle talked about this 2,000 years ago. But um, <laughs> how is that going to be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I, it, I guess they're they're working with a more modern day product, so it'll be probably easier to work with in terms of making it more less need to be adjusted. Because part of what I wanted to mention on this is going back and playing the old GTAs is an interesting experience. If you're playing, I've not played them for a long time, and playing so much GTA Five more recently, um, I wanted to say like for for one thing, the writing is a lot more subtle and tolerable than GTA Five, which is just. Like I've said multiple times, like the characters. Wait, the writing in GTA Vice City is more subtle than yeah. GTA Five. Yes, it's it's like the characters are much more straightforward. They're not like these hmm. ridiculous archetypes that like no human could like GTA Five. People are all these just stereo, this walking stereotypes, and they're just like obnoxious. And GTA yeah. Three is like trying to do this like kind of like cheesy Goodfellas thing. At least in the beginning, right now, like it, the, the yeah. characters are pretty straightforward. Like they're not these crazy ridiculous archetypes, and they're all like yelling and spouting stupid things all the time. Like GTA, GTA Five, which is like the whole game is that. Hmm. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I could I could see that for sure. I, I remember I remember though with the early GTA games, like, and I guess this is every Rockstar games, but they even the most subtle ones will start subtle, but then they'll just get completely ridiculous by the end. Like, I'm not sure yeah. if they maintain their subtlety at all. That's probably true, um, G- yeah. but I just feel like if you think of like Michael's family in the beginning of GTA V and just how horribly obnoxious like every single thing they say is and every scene that they're in, sure, like it's 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 a very different beginning to this game. Hmm. Uh, you, it's like bad satire. Yeah, right. We, yeah. It's well, like this they're, game they're trying to say they're trying to say something about like rich American people and whatever and like crime people, but. It's just when you make everyone a stereotype, it doesn't really land. And they're saying it just like so ham-fistedly, though, in the modern games. Right. Whereas this, it feels much more like it's like a little bit making fun of mob movies a little bit, but also kind of like doing that at the same time. Uh, but I also yeah, feel like they, the game, they, yeah, the game design here is like uh, much more about, in my opinion, like being fun. Like the games are not trying to be the simulation that the new ones are trying to be. Like you know, quote around simulation, but I feel like the modern GTA four post games have been much more about like pseudo realism than kind of just being like gamey video gamey. And I kind of really am appreciating that about the old games, just how like video gamey they are. They're not, Hmm. they're not trying to be realistic in any possible way. Can you give an example of what you mean by that? Um, so the way that the cars drive in GTA three is like an arcade racer. Like they're kind of silly and they, they turn like really well, like the fast cars turn well and they, and they, they're like, they just move fast and they're, they're just kind of silly. The, the guns are not realistic in any possible way. Whereas GTA four, the cars have like kind of realistic physics models. The characters are like moving ragdolls, like their feet, like the way you move in GTA four is very delayed and slow compared to this game. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a very different design idea. Um, I think yeah. Red Dead 2 is kind of taking that to the peak of like very realistic. Like, everything's realistic. Like, like everything has this, you know, kind of realistic thing. Mm. I just, I, I kind of miss this old, more playful rock star, like the GTA mm. 2 era where things were kind of cartoony and like even a little bit silly all the time. And I say silly, not like in a satirical way, but like just they were like kind of goofy, like the way that stuff was. Lighthearted. Lighthearted, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I would love to see, I would love to see a modern GTA game. That just took like that comic booky art style of three in Vice City, but just made it modern. Like, yeah, I think that would just be so neat and make an arcade because like 
I love Red Dead 2, and we've talked about it before, but um, I'm never going to play that game again because I just can't stand that gameplay. Yeah. So I would just love to see a more arcadey, cartoony GTA if they were to do that and abandon the realism thing. That's how I feel. I would really like that, too. I, I miss that hmm. Rockstar. It's a different Rockstar, honestly. Like, it's just a different... It's like a, it's like yeah. a different company. This, this all makes me wonder, like, you're talking about subtlety of the storytelling. Um, like, it, it seems to me, if I compare it to Red Dead, that, like, Rockstar's clearly come a long way in terms of storytelling, at least with that game. Yeah. Uh, and they come, they've come a long way with the world building and obviously graphics and inter- interactive, uh, interactive, like, physics simulation, all this stuff. The whole world is, is just a much higher level of presentation. Uh, but, like, the thing that I felt was, was not surprising but, but still somewhat striking was how little the sort of mission design has changed. At all. Like, like I would almost question if it's changed. Like there, there are exi- like some some real stark examples though. Like that first mission in Red Dead Two, there where you're with Lenny, Lenny, is, is like <laughs> brilliant, amazing narrative design is really really good. But I think that's the only one that really even comes close to that quality. It kind of like blows its load really early. Uh, otherwise, yeah. you do a lot of the same stuff. You go, you know, like in GTA Three, it's like go chase this guy, and then you'd go on this crazy, goofy, totally scripted linear race, and you shoot at him and shoot at him, and then you finally kill him in the end. The same shit happens in Red Dead Two all the time. Yeah, they haven't changed. Yeah, that but at all. also another thing with the, the mission design is how restrictive it is. Like mm-hmm. even even in uh, Red Dead Two, like there's some amazing missions like later on, but. But um, if you do anything outside of what the game tells you to do, it's it's a mission fail. Like there was, like <laughs> I saw this tweet by Imran Khan, who is you know a big like game influencer. Uh, he used to be with Kind of Funny, and he had the funniest tweet saying, "All I remember from Red Dead Two <laughs> is that I was uh, I was like riding along and I killed a character who was gonna die two minutes later anyway." And then the game reset 10 minutes earlier because I mis- failed the mission. And it mm. kind of shows how restrictive it is. Yeah, right? it's just so, so linear. Um, there's a mission yeah. called Bomb Debase 2 in GTA 3. And it's a mission where you have to like escort 8-Ball to blow up this like ship. And I remember playing oh, I remember it as a kid that. and playing it like 10 times. And like I'm like, maybe now as an adult I'll do better because I'm just good at video games. I'm probably better than I was then. Like, nope, it's still hard as fuck. Because eight ball has terrible AI, he just runs in, and the enemies, like he gives you a sniper rifle and you're supposed to snipe the enemies, but like it's impossible to kill them all before he runs in. He gets killed like immediately. So I went in mm. and tried to go in with him, but the game targets him first before it targets the enemies. <laughs> so like, there's just some old timey game design stuff that's still there, and uh, it's it's pretty rough in this in GTA three in particular. Hmm. I have to remember, like you know, this is a game. Yeah, this is the game. This is the first game I ever remember where there was like people walking on the street and you could just run run around and there was like that was simulating any sort of world that I could never, you know, that wasn't just like a straightforward, you know, shooter or action game. So yeah, no, it was it was shocking the first yeah. time I saw it, like literally shocking. It's kind of interesting too with like those early GTA games because we're talking about the mission design, and uh, I feel like. When I played those games as a kid, the game didn't really start until I finished the story because then Mm -hmm. I have had unlocked everything and then I can really have fun. So like I I would do, you know, the 20 hour story or whatever, 
and then I would play for another like 30, 40, however many hours over many months, just messing around in that world Mm -hmm. with all the stuff I unlocked. So I feel like the games really didn't get good until after you beat the story. It's funny because kind of ironic. That's that's how I've played them too. Like it was like I remember talking to kids, like friend, other kids at the time, and being like, "Oh, it sucks you have to like play through the story, but once you beat it, like you have everything. You have the mansion. Like if I say you have the mansion, you have the helicopters. Like you have the like, guns. It's like right. that's the that's when the game's the best. And I I remember mm. playing kind of it's kind of mainlining those games through and doing the same thing with with Red Dead. But for Red Dead, I I made them because I wanted to finish the story and see what happened. But once I beat Red Dead, I stopped playing it immediately. I was like, I don't want to play. I don't want to play this right. game anymore. Like I, the gameplay wasn't fun. Whereas GTA Sandbox was super fun, and I wanted to keep playing mm. it. The 3D games specifically, not so much. Four, yeah. Five's I mean, I feel I played, like but, yeah. open world games have also come a long way since then because I don't know how captivating those games are now. At the end of the game, because there's so many other games that do that kind of thing better. Yeah. Right. Uh, hmm. I something else that that I found interesting was how uh, I remember when San Andreas came out, it felt like genuinely massive, like, like, like they really created an entire state, you know, which is mm-hmm. what they're purporting to do in that game. And, um, and I didn't know LA at all back then because I had, I had just driven through it a few times. Now I live in LA uh, and it's, it's very interesting to compare GTA fives, Los Santos to uh, San Andreas's Los Santos because they're very, very different. Like GTA five has a very good scaled down version of LA. That's very recognizable. You can go to a lot of spots and be like, Oh, this is exactly what it looks like. Like clearly they, they took a lot of photographs and worked off photographs because you'll get this very like high two dimensional fidelity. And then if you step to the left a few feet, it's like, well, it falls apart. But like, there's like nothing in San Andreas that really looks, it looks like LA looks in a rap video more than LA looks in real life you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it like it looks like la entirely through the lens of like music videos it's kind of funny like it's it's great i think it's a it's a cool setting it's but it's just like so not la at all in san andreas mm. that's mm. interesting that interesting yeah i wonder how accurate it's it's version of nevada and san francisco is i'll have to check that out because i know san francisco yeah it's if I recall, it's like it's like one hill. <laughs> like San Francisco is just like a hill with like a beach. That might be actually. No, I think it's actually a peninsula. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong about that. It's kind of interesting that we're talking about this because I like you can say the same thing about GTA three and GTA four because GTA four is very much New York City, like that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. But GTA three feels more like Newark. You know, like some place in New Jersey, like mm. it doesn't really feel like New York because mm-hmm. uh, it's so much smaller. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I will yeah. say that, um, despite the fact that GTA 3's map is very small, it's very dense. There's like a, there's quite a bit to do there, even for a game that came out in 2001. It, it's like sure. it's all about. It's not the map size is not everything, but it is funny how tiny it is compared to like modern games. Like it's like smaller. I think all of GTA 3 is smaller than like the Starting Island and Odyssey. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'm not I sure about that, but totally, it's like totally probably right about that. I think it is. <laughs> uh, hmm. All right. Well, GTA remasters, uh, pretty fun stuff. Hope they uh, speaking the of driving, what? Just hope they pat the performance. My last word on that. Yeah, I hope they 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 put some real effort into it, uh, particularly yeah. in the performance, because apparently it performs badly across everything. On my Series X, it was bad. On PCs, it's bad. It's yeah. whatever. Uh, but we've all been playing a lot of Forza Horizon. 
right? Five. Five. Yeah. The, the fifth game in the series. The I want to say the thirteenth game to wear the the Forza moniker. Yeah. Like they've been making a lot of these fucking Forza racing games. That's true. Yeah. That is true. That's true. I'm not I'm not a racing guy. I'm just gonna say that off the top. I don't really like racing games. The last racing game I really liked was the remake of Crash Team Racing, which I played a lot of, but other than that I rarely play racing games. But um last night this game really started to click with me in a way that I, I can see myself dumping tons of hours into it. And uh I think the moment that it really clicked for me is I did this mission where you have to go on top of a volcano and collect like volcano sa- volcano samples. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was playing with a friend too. So we were like, this isn't like a racing game. Like we're, we're going onto a volcano right before it erupts collecting samples. And then we had to race down <laughs> the volcano before it erupted. And then we jump off of a ramp and then we land into a race and then we have to finish the race. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to like this game because this is nuts. <laughs> so <laughs> I think Forza, I, I'm, I'm liking Forza so far because it's just so wacky and uh, surprising in that way and also gorgeous. Yeah. Agreed. I, I had a similar experience. I had kind of imagined that the game was like an open world. It was like Assassin's Creed with a car, which I guess to some extent it is, but it, it wasn't really clear to me what you did in the game besides drive around and just like collect shit. But once I started playing it online with uh, with you guys and with some other people uh, and seeing that there's a, a big variety of tracks of racing types and like cars you can collect, I was like, okay, now I get what this is doing and I was really having a good time. Yeah. The, the, the game shines to me the most in multiplayer. But it is fun in single player. It, it just kind of seems less like a race. Like it, it's a racing game, but it doesn't, really need to be a racing game necessarily because it's the game it reminds me of the most is sea of thieves it's just kind mm. of like here's this world go do what you want if you want you can just like drive around and collect cars and jump off ramps if you want you can do these adventure quests if you want you can do races it's just it's it, it, the game doesn't really ever seem to punish you for every for anything even if you get like last place in a race you get rewarded for that like yeah. the game is just really constantly encouraging you to be like, it's not really about being in first place unless you want it to be. You can kind of just enjoy the world, and I really, I really appreciate that. Like yesterday, I, I got my the the, the golden the Goldfinger car from James Bond, and I mm. spent an hour just driving around in it. I didn't even I was just driving <laughs> through the map with no objective and. Uh, I just think that's so cool that a game can inspire me to do something where I don't even have an objective in mind. I'm just like, I'm just going to drive, you know? Yeah, it's super awesome. I do think kind of like what we're all saying is the game really allows you to, they've built such a massive number of things into the game that you can really play it in a lot of different ways. And I think that's probably the the mass appeal is really done well in that. Cause like what I want was like, I want like a, a mix of a stunt game where I can, you know, basically I want like rush the rock mixed with smugglers run and that's basically like in a lot of ways what yeah. it is, you know <laughs> um, that's what i was thinking of smugglers run this game reminds me a lot of that game yeah it, like it has that fuck around quality that that game has. it totally does i've been listening to the smugglers run music while driving around like in the buggies <laughs> and i'm like oh, i'm playing smugglers run like this is totally smugglers run <laughs> 
Yeah. It's it's been That's fun. so funny that you're saying that because I was thinking that the whole time. Yeah. In, in this game in particular, because it has all those tropical kind of areas, like swampy stuff, which is really fun to drive around. Like, it's probably like Vietnam has those tropic levels. Remember that? They like Russia too. There's a lot of different maps yeah. in that game, but it's it. I've been really enjoying this game, and I've also been having fun doing the races with Aaron and um, another friend, Kevin. Um, we've been we were we did some co-op races. Or unfortunately, you had those connections so we didn't we didn't get to play, which sucks. We had, I hope they patch yeah. that soon. I'm sure they will. But uh, dude, the, the co-op races are really fun. Like I I started to have a, a even larger appreciation for them when um, uh, other Kevin and I were. Uh, like slingshotting each other to get past the bots with with uh, drafting, we're kind of like drafting each other up the race. I'm like, oh, that's such a cool tactic that you can do. I've never I've never done like team play racing before, like and actually had strategies that you employ. So that's been really awesome. Yeah, I I did have a chance to play with a, another friend of mine yesterday who I had more connection luck with, mm. um, and uh, he uh, we were just having a lot of fun because. Uh, <laughs> we were doing just like we were kind of doing that strategy as you said Kevin where we were trying to like uh help each other out in races but it was also fun just playing the adventure expedition missions cuz they're just so wild like mm-hmm. um there was a, there was another mission where you you uh race against wave runners like people on wave runners hmm. and you're like just driving through it and you're seeing them flip over you like through this pond trying to get ahead of you and it was like this mm-hmm. game is just like this is a really cool game. <laughs> it's, it, they nail it's that just, spectacle very well. Yeah, the spectacle is just incredible. And it's cool oh, that yeah, you can do it with a friend. I think that's like really the strength is that you can do everything in the game with with like a group of people, and it's kind of like a bunch of different experiences you can have. And I just, it's been fun. I've been playing it like pretty much all today and yesterday. <laughs> Collecting yeah. cars. Gonna do, and, it's, I'm gonna do it right after the podcast. I'm gonna keep playing it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'll definitely keep playing it. I, I I like racing games, but I haven't really I haven't really got into one since like probably Gran Turismo four, which was on the PS3. So like you know a good decade. Uh, and this 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 is definitely um, reigniting my my enjoyment of of a racing game. And and it's it's good because it's kind of you, you get a little bit of that like sim racer feel and like some of that street racing stuff, but also like rush the rock like you're saying you do crazy jumps and just all kinds of goofy shit. And there just seems like there's so much to do, mm-hmm. and like so many you can totally play it your own way. It doesn't like you guys were saying it doesn't punish you, and that it's just the game is gorgeous. I played it on PC, I played it on my Series X, and it just looks insane. It's such a it's such a good set piece for the new consoles. Yeah. I totally agree. Mexico was such a great play. Mexico was such a great choice too. Mm-hmm. I really think I uh, wasn't agree. the wasn't the last game Scotland or something. Scotland, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Scotland's cool, but like Mexico is just beautiful, man. They said so that many they, biomes. They said that they really wanted to make the map the most varied they had ever made in a Forza Horizon game, and I I really think that they nailed it because. I, f- I was thinking and I was driving like this feels closer to a Rockstar world. I mean, maybe, you know, Angel Studios style <laughs> Smuggler's Run, but like it felt it felt more like fun to explore and look at, like because there's just all, yeah, like all the Garen's saying, all the biomes, there's the swamps, there's the volcano, there's even like snowy mountains, I think, on the top. There's desert, there's dunes, there's just, there's a lot of different stuff. A city, the city has a lot of places to explore and drive, and there's the things to do in all those places too. So it, the map is awesome. It's huge too. I'm not sure how big it is, but. Seems good size. It's many yeah. miles by many miles, so it's a massive map. It's it feels like it's like you get like every fucking 
place you could have gone Red Dead Redemption 2 plus like Crisis. Like it's got like yeah. deep jungle and then it's got like full on sort of like temperate alpine forests and mountains and deserts. It's there's so much shit. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool open world. I feel like I can't remember the last open world game I played that I'm like, I'm digging this. I'm digging the design. I'm dis- digging the look. Yeah. Um, I never thought it would be a racing game that would make me feel that way, but it's been a really long time since an open world game has kind of captivated me since yeah. this one. Maybe Red Dead 2 was the last one in terms of just maybe not gameplay design, but visually. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. That so. world's beautiful for sure. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to shout out to is I love the soundtrack. Like there's a, like a lot of music I've never really even listened to because I'm I like to listen to old music, but uh, li- like the music just goes so well with the game and I was like starting to look up uh, tunes from from the game because I was enjoying them so much and there was this like one girl, um, her name's Angelica Garcia and she did this song called Karma the Knife and I was like this is like a really cool like White Stripes style song, and she's just kind of like a relatively unknown artist who doesn't have a huge following and people are just discovering her now because of this game. And she also is the DJ on the, uh, one of the, uh, uh, one of the radio stations. So I think that's pretty cool that Forza's elevating like some unknown artists into the soundtrack and kind of putting them next to like the Foo Fighters and stuff um, in a way that I think is pretty neat um, that they're actually curating that. That is cool. I also like how they've been including more of the Microsoft stuff. Like my horn is the Windows XP log off sound, which is just <laughs> the best thing ever. Like you drive by someone and 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 crank that. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, have I have the grunt birthday party uh, so- sound from Halo Three. Awesome. Like, oh, nice. When I saw that you I've got get- Ode to Joy, <laughs> and yeah, that's good. You can get like you can get E one M one from Doom. I think it's it's pretty fun. I think they they think they've had a lot of fun with this game. They've they've put they've put a lot of fun wacky stuff in there. And I really appreciate that. I'm still getting used to that Doom guys on Xbox mascot now. Yeah, yeah, me so too. Funny. I really think that they should make a, a kart racer. They should make a kart racer with a character and a stage from all their big franchises because they've got a billion of them. Like I want to drive through a Dishonored stage with like whales and you know like that would be. Oh God. That, can yeah. you imagine that would be amazing? Like rats a kart racer stuff. or like a fighter, right? Like uh, Smash I Brothers. Like they should do a shooter. They should do like a deathmatch shooter, but with like Master Chief, um, Doom Guy, Quake. BJ Blasco. Already has that. Really? Yeah, Quake Champions yeah. is like Quake, Quake that, Champions. Yeah. But do they have Master Chief? No. Uh, I don't think they have Master Chief, but they have the other guys. Like that would be cool if they did like a Super Smash Brothers game, Microsoft, but like it was a shooter. I don't know if you guys remember mascots. Way back on the podcast, they they when they released Quake Champions, I was like, oh, they should put Doom Guy and he should go berserk, and they should put BJ Blaskowix and he dual wields, and they put both of them in the game, <laughs> and they gave them both of those power. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but I That's I agree. Sick. I think they should make a shooter that would be awesome. But I feel like if they did a kart racer, they could include like everything. Like you could have Banjo Kazooie. You could have like I mean, there's yeah. just such That's a. True huge breadth of characters and they don't have the thing is can make it too is like they have a bunch of yeah and rare rare i know they've made they made diddy kong racing so like they could they have it yeah they've got a team to do it that's so good i love diddy kong racing such a so good i I feel like they should make a kart racer they don't have one they have a good amount of shooters already you know so like they don't i don't know 
I just was thinking, like, man, Microsoft, these, these franchises, you guys should really take advantage of this. So this is a side note, but Forza, Forza yeah. 5 is awesome. I'm loving it. It's been really good. Yeah, very good game. Uh, gorgeous game. I don't know. I guess that's all we got for that. Uh, Oren, what's this fucking time loop game you've been playing? Oh, uh, uh, 12 Minutes? Nope. Oh, de- is it Deathloop? I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> I think we did a podcast on Deathloop. Uh, it's Returnal. No, wait, not Returnal. <laughs> it is The Forgotten City, um, which is... Uh, um, for anyone who hasn't, who doesn't know, basically the history of this game is that this was a Skyrim mod, Forgotten City, and the guys who made that, like three guys, made it. Um, they, they made um, this new game, which is basically the Forgotten City, but if it were a whole new game, and it took place in the Roman Empire as opposed to, you know, Skyrim world, whatever. Um, so the Forgotten City is a game that I kind of bounced off of a few days ago or like four or five days ago because I was like not in the mood for a time loop game. And then like a day or two later, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to really give this game a shot because everyone's saying like game of the year, like hyperbole up up the roof, whatever. Um, and then I start finally played it and I couldn't put it down for six hours. I was so just engaged with that game's mystery and that game's story. And I rolled credits on two endings that same night. I finished it at at like two 30 in the morning and I I just couldn't put it down. It's like once the, once the mystery kind of on the first narrative beat really presented itself in terms of like what the mystery was, I, I got, I got obsessed and, uh, yeah, what else can I say about this game? It's kind of like the Outer Wilds, but Skyrim, in that like you're in this place, you're stuck in this time loop, and basically uh, it's uh, 22 people live in this Roman village. It's called like the Forgotten City, and if you if anyone sins in the village, anybody sins, um, all, that that will incur the wrath of Hades or whatever, like some god, some like random god, and. And uh, you just you just have to figure out how to break the golden rule, as they call it. But um, but it's so interesting because the game kind of gets into the philosophy of so many different things. It's like what constitutes a sin, like uh, like there's even a whole discussion in the game in the game about like is homosexuality a sin? Hmm. Is this a sin? And it's just it explores all of these philosophical and religious concepts tied to that central idea through the six hours you play it in a way that's fascinating and. Uh, it also gets into like the evolution of religion over time, like uh, the Egyptians and how like Osiris is like kind is basically like an offshoot of this God and this and like how the Greeks appropriated that and the Romans appropriated that. It just has so much cool historical shit in it hmm. that That's like awesome. I recommend this game on two levels, like a narrative gameplay. Ugh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gushing. I love this game. Uh, I think everyone should play it if they if they have six hours. Um, I th- I'm gonna leave it at that because I don't want. I don't know if I should speak more on it. Uh, you guys should play it. All right, that's sounds I, good. I didn't really know what it was, so that was a good primer. Yeah. Uh, I'll check it out. I will check it out too. I, the the, his, the ancient historical setting is like uh, totally it gets my attention. That's like right off the bat, like oh, ancient setting. Oh, you you got you've got my attention. Yeah. It's about a bunch of imperials. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, the last thing I'll say about it. Just uh, to close it, I guess, is that um, 
um, as a huge Outer Wilds fan, the Outer Wilds is one of my favorite games of all time. I actually think this game does the same thing in a more accessible way, hmm. but without sacrificing any of the intelligence of the storytelling. So if if the if the Outer Wilds is too much for you, like a thirty hour mystery game that has certain frustrations with it. This is like a really nice focused six hour experience that doesn't require too much time to get invested. I think I was invested in the story. Like after like 45 minutes, I was like, okay, I'm all in. Um, and also if you love Skyrim, if you like, it's basically a Skyrim mod, but as yeah. a, like a, a full on six hour game. So it's, it's worth your time. Um, uh, really good stuff. Does it have melee combat and stuff? It has some combat. It's not the focus of the game. Right. Um, the focus is more. The focus is more the mystery and the dialogue trees and the and the storytelling and just kind of like the game is kind of like um, it's kind of like you're peeling back an orange or something. You're like kind of slowly getting to the root of like what this world is through the dialogue and through the exploration. And there is combat in the game, but it is kind of like that janky Skyrim combat. So it's not like a huge focus, right but. Up. Um, it's more about the storytelling and it's, uh, really, really well done. Um, I had such a good time. I can't remember the last time a game gripped me so much that I was like, I am going to sacrifice my sleep schedule just to see this thing through. Cause I'm just like, I can't go to bed tonight, not knowing what the mystery is, <laughs> you know, like I uh, need to know what's happening in this world. Nice. So very cool. It was really neat. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds check good. Check it out. The Check Forgotten City on Game Pass, which so is Forza Horizon 5, and so is at least the San Andreas portion of the GTA Remasters. Uh, Back for Blood, we have anything else to say about this game, Kevin? Uh, I like it a lot. <laughs> You've actually got to really play it now. So do you you been enjoying it? Uh, I like it. I think it's a good game. I think for people who want the co-op Left 4 Dead experience, it's it's the way to go. I might be a little bored by it at this point because um, because I guess it's that. I don't know. Like it, It's kind of reminding me what I... The, giving me the feelings that I have when I tend to play certain types of co-op games where I just start to sort of space out and like just do the same thing over and over again. Um, but I think it's good. I don't know. I, I, like I, I didn't actually play Left 4 Dead back in the day co-op most of the time. I mostly played it in the uh, competitive mode. So I, I will have to check out Back for Blood's competitive mode to see if that what what I think of that. But I think Back for Blood's really good. I just I don't know how long it's it's going to keep my interest. Um, I would say like conversely, like Forza Five I, I think is a it's a really good co op game. Like like I feel I don't feel that sort of space out thing that I don't know something certain co op games just have trouble keeping my attention. Uh, I kind of want to speak to that. Uh, I think part of the thing for me is uh, I played like, I want to say seven-ish hours of the Back for Blood beta, and I liked my time with it, but may I think I just have zombie v- fatigue and mm-hmm. just fatigue for that type of game. On the other hand, Forza, I haven't played a racing game in a while, but also just the setting of Mexico is so cool and the open world design feels fresh that I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I, I can see myself putting 30, 40, 50 hours into this game while back for blood. I'm like, ah, 
I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll play it some more, but like one thing I will like one criticism I will levy against it is that some of the environments tend to feel a little samey. Like we've played some of these levels. And I'm like, wait, do we already play this level or not? Like the, there's, I have yet it's because to see a you, level that you go to what? new is because you go to this, this, you revisit certain areas is why. You're yeah, saying. that could be it. That's what it is. I, I guess I just haven't seen a location that really knocked my socks off yet. The way something like mercy hospital or even the mall from left for dead Two. like nothing has really been like, Oh yeah, this is a, this, this is crazy. This is cool. Um, but I, I did have fun. Like I had fun playing it. I think it is a really good co-op shooter. I'm just like, it's making me question how much I like that kind of co-op shooter in general. Or just co-op shooters, maybe. You don't like co-op shooters. I love the dis- the ascent. Oh yeah. In co-op, to top that down. was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. First-person shooters, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess there's something about like I, I like. It, it starts to get to a point where if I don't hold my weight, it doesn't matter maybe, or I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I just, it, I don't feel engaged with those games and it's kind of, it's definitely a personal problem. Like I don't, I'm not trying to say this is a bad game at all because I think this game is, is pretty damn good. The shooting feels incredible. The graphics are great. It runs really well. Um, it really is a good co-op shooter and I, and I think it's, I think people are noticing that for good reason. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, all right. Any, anything else you want to add to that? After I just, um, I think it's worth playing. I really, I've been really liking it. We've been playing the higher difficulty. Um, kind of gotten to more appreciate the card system and the builds and kind of that whole meta game. Um, I've mm-hmm. been enjoying that. It's there's a lot of depth to that, and I, I kind of, I understand it now. Like I initially was like, oh, it's just grindy progression, but and I'm like, oh no, actually, this is pretty, this is pretty smart. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I've been I've been liking it. I've, I've been really enjoying it. I think it's a good game. Cool. Uh, Scarlet Nexus is uh, is that a new phone? <laughs> what, <laughs> what what is that? It's a, it's a. I feel like this is turning into the Game Pass podcast because we did uh, we did Forza, we did Forgotten City, we did Back for Blood, and now Scarlet Nexus, which just came to Game Pass, and it's not a oh. new phone. It's not a new phone. It's an anime, it's an game. anime game. Yeah, Banner Amco. Um, I played it for like an hour a couple days ago, maybe two, maybe two hours. I beat the first boss, and I I just <laughs> I just had this moment after the first boss. I was like, this game is cool, but it's too anime for me, so I'm not gonna play it. What is it's the just game too anime? Uh, the gameplay is like a. Basically, it's it's this action RPG game that where I don't really know the world building that much because I wasn't really paying that much attention. But it's basically you're like this magic wielding anime character with a sword and you're fighting bad guys protecting this city from demons, whatever mm. that, you know, like just oh, very awesome generic graphics. anime. It, I awesome thought, graphics. When I first saw it, I thought it was a sequel to Code Vein. But then it wasn't a sequel to Code Vein. I was like, oh, Bandai Namco, and then oh, anime game. Like, oh, but it's not. Okay. It it looks like Tales of Arise. I wonder if there's some like, like technology crossover going on there because they're both Bandai Namco games. Probably right? Unreal. Yeah, uh, but I it, think it looks they, I think the. I wish I looked this up before the pod, but I'm pretty sure that it's like the. It might be the Code Vein guys. Actually, let me um. Hmm. That, that team really is hard quickly. to find. They made God Eater and they made Code Vein, but they're just called like Bandai Namco and they're the developer. Band, Bandai Namco Studios, Inc. Yeah. 
that's them. That's probably it. Probably is the code yeah. developer. That's probably why it looked like Codevein. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's Bandai Namco. It's it's a cool game, I guess, but it's just so anime. Like, I know that's weird because I played Near Replicant this year, and I love that. And that game had a lot of like annoying anime stuff in it. Like, it's different though. Unnecessary, different unnecessary anime. nudity. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's like a different style of anime, but. I don't know, like, um, the game is kind of has two gameplay things going for it. One, it's like a Devil May Cry action-type exploration game, which is really neat. I like that stuff. But most of the game is, like, visual graphic novel stuff, which they're not full cutscenes. They're all kind of done on these, like, stills, and the characters talk to each other. And I just wasn't engaged. And a lot of the dialogue is literally, like, like, oh, Sasuke, you're blushing. And then, like, Sasuke is like, huh? Like, mm. you know, he oh, does the anime okay. thing. And it's like, oh, I think I think uh, Kiryu likes you. And it's just, like, all this, like, boyfriend-girlfriend shit. Like teen um, drama, basically. Man. Yeah. yeah. It's My just little like... brother and sister are going to love this game. <laughs> exactly. It's just very... Yeah. It was a little too much for me. Right. Like, so I could... So, so... Maybe I'll play it again, but I'll have an anime off button, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, just I'm turn off all the all anime cutscene." Uh, and I'm just gonna skip all the cutscenes. Yeah, so. I feel like that's the main draw, though. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, what's what's going on with this Mass Effect Citadel DLC? Who, who's who put this in the show notes? Oh, should, should I talk? Yeah, I'll talk about this. I, I was watching my brother play Mass Effect Three. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wasn't in the mood to play games and he was just playing it. And I, I finally experienced all of the Mass Effect 3 Citadel, Citadel DLC because uh, I've never played it before. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it was so funny, man. Yeah, it's it was, really I'm, good. I'm so glad that I saw that. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. Uh, my favorite detail in that game, in that whole DLC, is because, you know, it's a giant house party, right, at the end yeah. with all of your characters in the game. Mm-hmm. And just seeing, like, as the night progresses and everyone everyone gets more drunk <laughs> and just seeing how they how they act when they're super hammered. Like, my favorite detail is you just see Grunt in the shower just, like, muttering to himself. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's definitely, um, it was, I feel like that DLC was, like, a celebration of just, like, the Mass Effect 3 characters and party and all their quirks. Like, it was just, like, hmm. that which I really liked. I really appreciated that. Yeah, it was it was it was a good time. It, it kind of elevated my opinion of Mass Effect 3 cuz I always see that as the disappointing one, but after that Citadel DLC, I'm like, you know what? Mass Effect 3 is pretty good. Yeah, it's I not like bad. It. It's not bad actually. It's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that that's all I have to say about it is that I finally I finally experienced that famous uh, DLC that everyone talked um, about, and it was a good time. Yeah, I, I remain in camp. The only Mass Effect that it, that was ever made was the first game. I, I only acknowledge that game. The other such ones, such a I, weird, I do not such a weird opinion. I don't. Eh, I think it makes sense. Those games are different games. <laughs> my f- but, the first um, game is my favorite one, but I I like the other one still. Yeah. So okay, two years ago, Warren sent me a flurry of text messages to play the. Resident Evil 2 Remake. He played through it, I want to say, three full times in like a week. 
I was. I, I said to you too. Here? I also told you to play. You too. No, no, both of you. <laughs> I, I, lots of many people. I, yes, you're both included in the story. I'm just starting with Warren because he sent me a lot of text messages two years ago. And what <laughs> him, two years ago? It, two years ago, Hudson River. <laughs> I, uh, I take re- no responsibility for any of this, by the way. So, what? And, and Kevin was also telling me like it's great. You need to play this. Like everybody has been singing this game. I didn't want to oversell it to the party. I was trying to not oversell sure. it, but so I'm not going to lie. When that game came out. I was a little bitter that they didn't use uh, pre-rendered backdrops and fixed camera angles. Me too, so instead actually. of playing that game, I replayed Resident Evil 2 DualShock <laughs> version on my PlayStation 3. And I that remember, was a good choice. I remember the text. I was like, Aaron, I'm playing Resident Evil 2. The remake is so good. You should play it. You're like, I'm playing Resident Evil 2. I'm like, oh, you're playing it? And you're like, no, I'm playing the PS1 game. I'm like, what? And that's cool. <laughs> it's an amazing game. But why are you playing the remake? Uh, so I replayed through that. And it was... It was a, it was magnifique. It was such a good experience, and it was perfect for the time. I think I had like a lot of time on my hand, mm. and, and I was just ready to play it. So I, I you know, and mm-hmm. I hadn't played it since you know the nineties. I get it. It was great. It held it held up really well. I think it's still a great game to play. It's still one of my top five Resident Evil games. So mm-hmm. last week I finally played the remake, um, spurred in no small part by uh, Noah Caldwell Gervais seven hour. Seven and a half hour retrospective of the Resident <laughs> Evil series, which I watched all of while working. It was kind of playing. I was more listening like passively, but um, so I played Resident Evil Two Remake, and I will say, one of the best Resident Evil games, spectacular, like is, really, right? really. I had it. It's very, very, very good. I'm so um, glad you got to finally play it. I'm so glad. It, it was going to happen. I was kind of saving it for a rainy day. It didn't rain because I live in Los Angeles, but uh, you know, it was cloudy. Uh, <laughs> I love the game. I there's there's so much I like about this game. Like I think, obviously, Capcom chose between you know they're going to make a game that's going to sell a million copies or they're going to make a game that's going to sell ten million copies. They have to go with the over the shoulder camera angle if they want to get the latter right. If they make mm-hmm. that fixed camera angle like Resident Evil One Remake, it's not going to sell. But in doing that, they really didn't betray much about the original game's design philosophy. And the feeling of the game is is preserved, and they did that with some really interesting stuff. Some of which you guys have already talked about. I know we've talked about this game in the past, but uh, like, there's so much I like about this game. I love the the way that the zombies are extremely difficult to kill, and like, you never know if it's going to take five shots or like fifteen. Mm-hmm. So you're like kind of better off just like 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 zombies are, are are threatening and menacing and made it so that I had to really consider whether or not I would go down certain hallways because sure. I wasn't sure if I could handle what was going to be down there or not. Or I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to expend the like the ammo and the healing, you know, reagents like it brought back that old school survival horror aspect that I think has been missing from Resident Evil for so long. Um like really, my only ding against this game would be I thought the boss battles were like kind of not that great, and they weren't that great in Resident Evil Two back in the day. Like the re- they weren't terrible, but they were just kind of like I was like they they ruined the flow of the game for me. And there were, I think there was four boss battles, uh, so I didn't love the boss battles. The sewers got a little was a little bit of a letdown after how awesome the police station was, mm. but like easily top five Resident Evil game. I, I would say. Not quite as, as good for me as the the original remakes, but that's like a masterpiece upon masterpieces. But like this is yeah. this is like pretty close to a ten out of ten game. I would say. I agree. Can, can we just mention how the police station in this game was remade 
with such care and love and it's like so perfect like when i first everything about it really but when i first went to the stars room and saw like i was like i looked at the desks and i could tell whose desk was every single one like up oh, there's rebecca's desk it has the med kit there's chris's desk it has his jacket it's got the guitar jill's desk right, has the beret right. wester's desk has uh, the picture of rebecca if you check it 57 times like everything is right. there and they put the care in and love with it and i was just like because i feel like the police station like the mansion is like a character in itself like there's just so much mm. to it and, and they, they it's just so well it was so cool to see it in a 3d environment in this game these modern graphics yeah. I also love the uh, the hunk uh, mercenaries sprint thing where you have to like sprint through the whole station when you beat the game. The, the, that like I played that a lot. Oh, um, I haven't tried that. Guys, I uh, uh, that that game is just the full package. I think for like a Resident Evil experience. So I also uh, wanted to talk to mention how Aaron mentioned the zombies were, were scary in this game, and I agree they are scary in this game. And unlike they're they're like compared to I don't know. I, I, I was curious, like this was relates. I was curious about what, what George Romero thought of, um, uh, what's his name's remake of, Do- of Dawn of the Dead? Uh, I can't remember what the guy's name is, the director. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's mm-hmm. remake. And he said, um, he said, in, in the original Halloween, Michael Myers never ran. He sort of calmly walked across the lawn or across the room. To me, that's scarier. This inexorable thing coming at you, you can't figure out how to stop it. And I completely mm. agree. I feel like um, like the something about the slow lumbering zombies are like they're more dead like, and they're just scarier. They're moving slower, even if they're less like immediately threatening. Like there's just something about them. There's more tension that they build, and I really like that about Resident Evil. And I also really like how this game is like there's zombies, but there's also a lot of other things. Like there's Mr. X. There's you know there's this the sewer. Mr. X was great. He was so I good, wasn't say. he? Especially on, on the B playthrough. Like, he, he not quite to the level of the alien in Alien Isolation, but a very similar sort of effect of this dynamic creature that's constantly ha- haunting you. And, like, that you, like, because on that B playthrough, spoiler alert to a two year old game, he's in your face, like, right off the bat. As soon as you get in the police station, he's, he's fucking following you around. Mm-hmm. And uh, he definitely, like, made that whole B playthrough, like, very tense and added to the whole, like, can I go down this hallway? And what if. I encounter Mr. X and the fucking, you know, the liquor and the zombie that's in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And you have to have just, I also really just like how he has a hat and how if you watch him going <laughs> yeah. through the doors, he holds his hat, like like when he leans his yeah. head forward. Like, just the, the, the intention of detail is incredible on this game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, like, what you're talking about with the zombies and George Romero and, like, the slow lumbering, like, it's not just that they're slow, but it's that they are really hard to kill. Yeah. Like, you can't dispatch them the way you can in Resident Evil 4 or 5 or any other of the more recent resident evil games you ha- like they can sometimes take you know 15 rounds to kill if you're not hitting them in the right spot and headshots are no guarantee yeah there's always this uncertainty with them that combat i, I do love it like when you just kind of like hit the sweet spot and get a crit hit with the pistol and their head just explodes like it's mm-hmm. su- it's surprising every time it happens in that game <laughs> it's like you beautifully know? disgusting like, oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the way they built the, the zombies. The gore in that game is incredible. I know. The gore oh, yeah. is just insanely good. It's like, it's I can't believe how much detail. I don't think I've ever seen a more detailed gore system for zombies in a game than that game. Like, I, I was playing it Or like recently. any game, I think. Yeah. It, like, it's, it's very just the well. gore. I don't think it's been matched. Yeah. And I liked, uh, I yeah. felt like the, the characters, like in the writing, were perfectly, like they had like a little bit of cheese in earnest, but it wasn't like... It wasn't like the original cheese, but they were still like a little bit, you know, like there's there. 
<laughs> like Claire, when you fight the zombies, like what's wrong? Ugh, what's wrong with you? It's just like <laughs> fighting the zombies. Like there's still mm-hmm. some just really great lines in that game. Yeah. Uh, and I like how much that it preserved. Like the old game had the pre-rendered cutscenes, which were pretty awesome. But like the game was never about the interactions of the characters or big personalities or you know bombastic um, character-driven set pieces like yeah. the newer games are. Like the game was about the exploration. Like this game is. I don't know if you want to call it a Metroidvania. Like I feel like that's the term that best describes it. But then. I think it's so. Internet nerds will be like, that's not a 2D game where you unlock abilities that unlock no, new it, abilities. No, dude, it is a Metroidvania. So, <laughs> Resident Evil, the like, original, is like the missing Metroidvania. It's the one that no one right, like, I mean, it's because Resident Evil, as we've talked about before, predates yeah. Symphony of the Night. Like, like so, like, that type of game, a 3D nonlinear space that sort of unfurls on itself is probably my favorite type of game. If you look at my favorite games, Dark Souls, Prey, Stalker, they all do the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Resident Evil, uh, and it's something that's largely absent in the later Resident Evil games. I will say that at least 8 does a loose version of that. Like, there's some backtracking, but it's more of a hub game where you kind of go out on different spokes and then come back, as opposed to, like, this, like, tangled knot that just sort of slowly unravels. Mm-hmm. Uh, 7 has a little bit of it. 7 is kind of like the half step to the two remakes full step into mm. metroidvania if that makes sense um yeah. but but yeah I, I mean so it raises the question to me like what is what is a survival horror game what is it what is a resident evil game because i guess a resident evil thing is now you know literally 20 different things because there's like 20 different resident evil games but like like what is a survival horror game because like for me and the you know categories and are, are subjective to, to a broad extent like a survival horror game is a game where you have to think about should i go down that hallway is that going to cost me is it is, is that a risk you know like that's the kind of thing that you're you're constantly thinking about in resident evil 1 and resident evil 2 and it's you don't and a bit to resident evil 3 also like in even the remake but like after that it's something that's kind of absent from these these games yeah i what would you guys think i think 4 is when it's no sure. longer a survival horror game it becomes a survival like action it's like a horror action game. Or just a horror, horror action game, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The ammo concept. But like Evil yeah. Within, I would say, is a survival horror game. Because Evil Within, it's like you're okay. constantly very, have very little ammo. It's like you do have right. to... It has that kind of thing of like, should I go? Like, or should I go back? Like, do I have enough resources to face this fight or not? I'm not sure. Yeah. Does it have the Metroidvania, like, untangling of the knot? No, Because that's the other not. thing that... It, not the first okay. one. Uh the the second one is like a semi open world, but it's not a metro. I wouldn't call it Metroidvania. It's more like a open world game. Okay. It kind of has like a hub, doesn't it? That's how it's built. Um, it's more like it's literally like uh, yeah, it's like a mini open world where you have a main objective, but you can explore around and find cool shit. Hmm. Um, and there's like safe houses where you can save and upgrade. Um, but but no, I know what you mean. Like that kind of metroidvania uh element to resident evil with the exception of two remake have, has been mostly absent i'd say yeah and it's 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 strange to me that they could make they clearly know how to make a game because they made this game two years ago um and there's been four resident evil games in five years um and, and i played a bit of resident evil 3 and that game i think was okay it's definitely more linear but it, 
I want to say that the original game was more linear. I could be wrong about that. But and it's more it set is. piece based. But it yeah, I don't know. Like it, it also feels like DLC. Like and I bought it for basically DLC price, so I don't feel too bad about it. It's a really beautiful game. But like like I was saying, they've made four games in five years, and only really one of them captures at least what I want out of Resident Evil. And I think it sold really well. It was really critically well received. Um, I'm curious if if they're gonna come back to that or or like like what's the deal? What do you guys think? My my prediction is what? that seven and eight are like their own little series of games. Like they're like the Ethan saga. And I have a feeling mm-hmm. that they're gonna with with the next game they're gonna do something different. <clears throat> um, I don't know, but we'll see. Like I do think the like inventory conservation, the like puzzles, the like impending sense of doom that you always or should have with those games, and like the in like the resource management are are really what make the, up those games. Um, and also and the kind Metroidvania of like not clunky combat and Metroidvania not, yeah. but also like you're not powerful. Like even in RE2 remake, mm-hmm. you're not powerful, even though it's over the shoulder. Like you, you don't feel like a badass ever in that game. Right. Uh, but I don't know if that, I, I don't know if they'll ever do that again. I like they're going to, I know that the rumors are that they're remaking four and obviously that's an action game. Like I will obviously buy that and play it, but <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know if they'll like it. You're talking about like the next game, like will Resident Evil nine be, well, so here, here's what I think. What I'm noticing, it seems like, and you even see this in the Resident Evil Three remake, it, the direction that things are going, and it's not just Resident Evil games; it's it's a lot of games, is towards spectacle, spectacle um, yeah. and, and sort of narrative spectacle, right? Like, so Resident Evil Eight for me was much, much more about these big bombastic villainous characters that are kind of talking at you all the time and putting you through these set pieces than it was exploration, ammo conservation, a real feeling of dread from moment to moment, and and um, like all that. Like it was much more about the sort of like the kookiness of the setting and the characters. Uh, do you guys agree or yeah. disagree with this? I think it's accurate. Yeah. yeah. So I I suspect that that's the direction that Resident Evil will go, will go, irrespective of how the general mechanics are designed in the game, whether it's a linear, or even if they come back to something that's loosely Metroidvania. I, I just worry that the like, because there's a sense of isolation in Resident Evil 2 that you feel throughout the game, and there's a real strong sense of that in Resident Evil 1 that is just lost in for me in Resident Evil 8 because people are talking at you all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. uh, I love them both, uh, and I think this kind of goes back to what I love about Resident Evil is that every entry is so different, and it's such like an elastic, you know, franchise yeah. that every one is so different. That even the massive loaves for me, which were five and six, I'm glad they made them because it's kind of a testament to how, like, you know, where they decide to go with these games. So I wouldn't say that they're going to just abandon Metroidvanias. I think they're constantly evolving, constantly trying new gameplay designs. I mean, like, even if you, as you said, Village is like not a Metroidvania. It's more like a hub world with spokes that you go to. And I don't think they've really done that before like recently at least so mm-hmm. it's cool that they went from two remake to that you know and then seven which is kind of like a combo of the two so i i, I wouldn't say that they're abandoning it i think they might come back to it i think they might come back to it it does i do feel like the in general like if you look at the the trends of the franchise it's like you have resident evil one two code veronica are all kind of like a similar gameplay design and then you have four to six which I, I really personally would say six is in its own and five, four and five are the ones that are similar. <laughs> six is just a shooter linear action shit game. But, right. and then <laughs> seven to eight are, are kind of this also similar design. I have a feeling that they're going to do something different 
for the, for the next ones. It does seem mm. like they kind of like look at the industry. Like I felt like seven was like a direct response to like Western horror games and eight by that notion as well. Um, being that it's a first person game. Um, I think amnesia and all that kind of stuff had a heavy influence. And like, I think like it was a cool, like, I think it was a cool experiment. Like I personally hope they do a different, something else with the next game because I, I think after eight, I think that's played out. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I, if I had my druthers though, I would probably say I would love like a high fidelity 3d triple a fixed perspective game. That'll never happen, but I would love mm. that. Like if they made like, you know, I don't know. What if they remade the original game over the shoulder? Would you like that? Like if they re remade, <laughs> no, that would actually really annoy me. Honestly, like I would love to see them make another game in the style of resident evil Two remake that, that follows all the harm hallmarks of, you know, the puzzle mm -hmm. design. It's the sense of isolation, the unfurling knot, but like is not a, a, a retelling of, unless they make like code Veronica and they fix that whole, uh, the, the fucking what's there's some item that you need to have at the end of the game I don't know whatever like fixed code Veronica's got a couple flaws mm. I haven't played like, that recently actually yeah it's I I've tried to start and play the game a couple times and I can see why I've done that because it's got some it's got some parts that just feel tedious in it yeah and I also think you need a fire extinguisher at the end of the game and if you don't like save it like you will be fucked because uh, you can leave it in the metal detector in the beginning yeah I see but I, I wouldn't mind seeing them make more stuff like that I think it's going to be up to sort of indie developers like we saw with uh, Tormented Souls to make more fixed angle type uh, games because I just don't think I think Capcom's going to look is going to go to their board of investors and be like well we can make a game that's going to sell you know 1 million copies or 10 million copies and it's they're always going to go for the game that sells 10 million copies and I don't think a, a fixed angle game would ever sell Right. I, well, I just think this. Copies. I think the Resident Evil 2, it kind of agree with what you're saying. I think the Resident Evil 2 remake is like the perfect compromise of like sellability and also like game design that's fun and awesome. Like, that's the best Resident Evil game they've made in a long time, in my opinion, was the 2 remake. Like, it lived yeah. up to the hype that I expected it to. And it, I think it even did better than I thought it was going to be. Like, it, it introduced a lot. Yeah. All the changes they made seemed like they worked. I, I, I agree. And, and I think, I like, it's weird. I was randomly looking at lists of what's resident evil games ranked and like many many lists had resident evil 4 as as a in a in a greater position than that either of the remakes which to me was just baffling mm. uh what do you guys think? i mean not that lists really mean i just anything, i mean but. i i just think <laughs> right. resident evil, it's just the context it's like when people say who's the best guitar player and they say Jimi hendrix it's like well, he's probably not the greatest guitar player ever, technically. But like, right. you know, at the time, like the influential, the influence of Resident Evil Four is like you can't. It's just that that game came out; it was just mind blowing. I think that's just yeah. people on people's minds still. It, it, I mean, yeah. we we can't deny. Like, I mean, when Resident Evil Four came out, that was like that blew away the competition in game in, in ways that games had like rarely ever do. Like the yeah. only other times I can think of are like GTA three. Like I remember like, the yeah. day that I played RE four for the first time. Like I still mm -hmm. remember that day. Like that game made that yeah. big of an impact on me, so. Yeah, and it's like just like the freedom that you could shoot whatever you want, and like it responds to the bullet in yeah. a way that's realistic, and like we take that for granted now because so many games do that. But that was the first one to really do that, and it was so mind blowing at the time. Like I can shoot this guy in the foot and he trips over. Like that's incredible. Well, that I was, would like, do that. Incredible. 
No, I mean, not not in the same way. Like Resident Evil Four Golden integrated I? it into the Golden Eye. No, like Golden. You could Eye, shoot them in like, the foot, and they'd grab their foot and hop around and stuff. Don't you remember? Golden had like a, an absurd yeah, amount of animations for shooting people. But, yeah, but in Resident Evil Four, when you do that, it's actually part of the strategy. Like he'll actually like fall over, and you can like kick him or knife him. Like it's like a part of the strategy. Not yeah. In the, like, yeah. I, mean, I love Golden Eye, but I don't think Golden Eye came even close to the amount of interactivity with with the shooting i do think i i just i i think like i i i know what you're saying aaron because like it's it's not the best horror resident evil game but i I do think like it's just not the best like resident it doesn't for me capture anything that makes resident evil resident evil except the horror setting oh i think it does i just think it's just a i don't know i guess it's like what you're saying is like my platonic form vision for resident evil is not this my preference yeah 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 I was just surprised that so many people had preferences different to mine. It just seems like people what people want from the series is not what what I see. I like them both. Like I love the originals, and I also love RE4 and Five. Like I think that gameplay is amazing, and I think it's a unique style that like only RE4 and Five really have. The other games don't have Mm. that at all. Like I I really like that that's that's that game like play. Like I played so much of that. Like I played RE5 Mercenaries like every day for like months. Yeah, and I replayed RE5 like six or seven times. Yeah. Resident Evil 4, excluding the uh, the VR version, I have tried to play it a few times and found the controls to be very aged in a way that, that some of its contemporaries like um, Dead Space, which obviously took direct influence from it, or even Gears of War, obviously, but mm-hmm. Dead Space in particular feels totally modern to play, like feels great to play. with. There's a few button mappings that are a little strange, but otherwise it feels great. Going back and trying to play Resident Evil 4 for me with a controller has been like very... Uh, it, it, it felt like I was playing a game that hadn't quite figured it out. Am I, am I just weird or like what, what's up with that? What do you think? I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, like that kind of goes to like how we rank the best games though. It's like, do we rank them in terms of like how good they are now versus how important they were when they came out? And it's like the same thing with GTA three. It's like, I, I'll never play that game now. Like, fuck yeah. that. But <laughs> yeah. at the time, it was it was incredible, you know? So, like, how do you determine what the best games in the franchise were? Like, how good, how important they were at the time or how good they are now? I guess my feeling, and this is probably profoundly uncharitable about Resident Evil 4, is that at the time, to me, it seemed like, oh, they made a console third-person shooter that plays like a first-person shooter. Like, that was... And they said it in the Resident Evil universe. Like it felt like, ah, this is just a first person shooter with third person controls. I feel controls like that's that are... like totally reductive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't, know. I don't like, agree with like you at that, all. That was what I felt. And, and at the time, that felt profound to me because I also really enjoyed Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, oh, they finally made a, you know, a third person game with good shooting because there was no third person game with good shooting before Resident Evil 4. And I think that's its influence. I'll say one thing about this. Like with Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 came out in the same window of time as San Andreas, Halo 2, Half-Life 2, Doom 3, all of these great games, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. I forgot about all of those games when Resident Evil 4 came out. Like that's how good it was. I was like, like all of those games, I'm not going to play those anymore. I'm just playing Resident Evil 4 because this Hmm. is the, this is the good shit. I think I like RE4 more than all those games that you just listed. Exactly. Hmm. So more than Halo? Not Halo, Halo 2, 2 obviously, said. but Halo 2 is bad. But he said Halo 2. <laughs> he didn't right. say Halo. Yeah, 1. Halo 2. That's what. That's why. Yeah, Halo 2. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it is a good game. I just I don't know. I have some. Maybe I'm just like unfairly maligning it. Yeah, but. I mean, it's also I think just to what you're saying about the aiming. I think you should just 
like in it is more clunky i think it's still very playable but it's definitely more clunky compared to it to the to the, the the games that came after but you can also like think about it like like wolfenstein 3d versus doom it's like the you know wolfenstein 3d yeah, was the original but it's it hasn't been refined yet well no, I, I do think about it that way. I guess the difference is that, that game came out in 2004 and Halo had already given us good controls on a control. Yeah, like, but it's, it, what, not, like, it's not the same thing. They're just totally different gameplays. I mean, they both have shooting, but Resident but Evil no, is like... I'm saying the stand. aiming was much smoother on, on pre, prior RE4, console games. But I think, is by design difficult. It's supposed to feel scary, so like, like you're not you're not like super good and accurate. Because like, you have to use this laser dot to hit the enemies, and yeah. Neon has like wobble. Like I think it's the design of the game is to be that way. It's it's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be, I think, different, too. It's not a first-person shooter. You don't have a crosshair on screen. You have to pull up your gun. You have to stop moving, you know? That kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So Yeah. All right. I hear you guys. You guys make some good points. Uh, um, in, in all fairness, Resident Evil 2 Remake, I like that game more than 4. That's really what I, I'm just like. How do people not see that Resident Evil remake is two? Is I can't. I can't pick either. one. <laughs> you couldn't pick Resident Evil two. Really? I, Re4 is my favorite games of all time. I, you know, hmm. I, I played that game like like five or six times when it came out, like back to back. You know, and like same, same with hmm. me and two remake hmm. though. Like both of those games, I played those games like four yeah, or five I, times. I played through so, two remake you know. three times. I did. I did Claire B, Leon A, and then Claire A. And I didn't do Leon B. Hmm. Oh, Interesting. I did. Oh. I I did. Uh, Wait. Uh, six runs then. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I guess that that game just doesn't hold the same uh, place in my my personal history as it does for you guys. But I think it might have been just different different experiences. But that's cool. Uh, Resident Evil Two Remake is fucking fantastic. Check it out. Not on Game Pass, by the way. We we broke it. We broke out of Game Pass. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, here's another a funny thing. Twenty years ago was two thousand one. Not only did uh, famous terrorist attacks occur, but also famous many. Yeah, famous. <laughs> you know, right popular terrorist attacks. Oh yeah, they were uh, very popular. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the big b- best the best hits of the terrorists twenty years ago. Uh, no, but many games came out that, that we I think we remember pretty importantly today. I, I would actually put several of these games above Resident Evil 4 in my personal. Like MGS2, 2001. Halo. Masterclass. Masterclass. Uh, GTA 3, we've, as we've been talking about. Silent Hill 2, which I still have never played and really need to. I know. Max so Payne. Good. Actually, that might have been the first third-person game with decent shooting, but... Mm doesn't hold up that well i mean it does and it doesn't the setting is incredible uh like the setting is so good uh ico what is that shut the fuck up get out of here <laughs> you, know, you know what that it, game influenced eco dark souls yep and yeah. like every uh, other japanese game uh, that's ever come a out lot of japanese yeah i mean that's a hugely influential game uh tony hawk pro skater 3 gran turismo 3 return to castle wolfenstein a, a game that i played probably Tons. hundreds of hours of multiplayer Devil May Cry. Now that's the a good game. The other Resident Evil. That's Resident Evil Four. Dude, I would put Devil May Cry over. <laughs> Dude, over it Resident is Evil Resident Evil Four. That's the original version of it. <laughs> I think I like that game. It literally <laughs> is. True. It even has the music, it's, the same music and stuff and sound yeah, effects. Yeah, Devil May Cry is so good. Super Smash Brothers Melee, Conker's Bad Fur Day. A lot of of games came out. I've turned twenty this year. Old enough, almost to drink, and certainly old enough to uh, enlist. What do you guys think about that? Do you feel old? What's your favorite game on that list? If you had to pick one. 
Silent Hill 2. That's a good pick. I haven't played it yet, but I'm sure uh, it's great. It's going to be Halo or Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, I, I'm torn between those two. I, I can't really pick one. Also like, Devil May Cry. I want to say potentially MGS2, but I really like Halo. But MGS2 is just like probably my favorite Metal Gear and probably my favorite stealth game ever. So Your favorite stealth game ever? Oh, yeah. Easy. Huh. Maybe five, five as well. I don't well, know. But. Well, the the tanker mission is so much fun to fuck around in in MGS two. Like the, I played that mission five billion times. I've never pl- played a game that has enemies that just do so many. Like they just spend so much time trying to hunt you in that game. Like they just do. There's so many things that they do. They feel so interactive. It's, it's, mm. The game has so much detail. They search lockers. Yeah, um, but it doesn't even always work. Like yeah, like say in every modern stealth game, you can always hide in the locker and like they never find you unless they like see you enter it. But that game, they oh, you they haven't won't. played Alien Isolation. That thing sniffs the lockers. <laughs> if you lean back, he won't find you. If you lean back, true. Um, but that game, the guards will just sometimes check the locker you're in. Like they'll just do it. Yeah. I just feel like there's a million yeah. ways you can things you can do in that game. I, I I just love that about it. There's so much character. It's a great game, and then the whole concept of the game is like more more prescient today than it was then. Like Which it blows like, my mind. How did he think it, that? Yeah. I remember being you know because I've talked about this on the podcast before. I played that game in one sitting. And I was just like, oh, my God. That was like one of my, you know, top five, like, single session gaming experiences of my entire life. Yeah. It's so awesome. I probably put that in my mind. I need, I need to replay it. Um, that, yeah, that game that game is super neat. Like, the, just like the final stretch with, like, uh, you know, all the stuff about information and, uh, like, things aren't real. And it was just a wild ride. <laughs> just wild how there would be too yeah. much information on the internet and they're gonna have to like curate it and like siphon the information for people like they have to this group of people who control the info definitely very interesting right i, I wanted to ask you or right. i have silent hill 2 on xbox and i've heard that, that version sucks but i that's the only way it i can does. play it like is it not worth should, should i just suffer it on there or should i try and find another way to play emulation it? is the way to play it yeah uh you can emulate it or uh you can suffer through the remaster is the remaster i just horrible? think like is it that bad uh, I've played both. Um, you can suffer through it. It's just like not quite the same because watch um, the Digital Foundry video on it. Yeah, yeah. they actually. Do, that's actually a good. Point. I read I've the article. That video. I haven't watched the video, but I read the article. There's the like, bi- the biggest the biggest thing about it is they get rid of the fog in a way that's very immersion breaking. Because in the original PS2 version, the fog is like so hmm. intense in a way that's terrifying, but. In the uh, remasters, they're just like little wisps. Uh, yeah, just isn't it? Just isn't it? And the fog is what what creates the whole problem. That's like that's like it's, it's like the missing fog, right? Crucial visual elements. Isn't that like the, 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 that's right. the defining factor of the story? C- can you give me a brief? I just have a quick question. Is the gameplay very close to like the two D or the uh, technically two D Resident Evil games, the fixed camera games? Yeah, but they're more linear. Um, but uh, what makes those games amazing is that. Um, the uh the it's a lot more surreal than resident evil so you'll just be like walking through environments and they'll just like change Mm. or like the and there's a lot of like psychological metaphor stuff going on like some of the enemies are supposed to represent things yeah and uh, i I don't without spoiling but it's just a lot more cerebral and surreal and like david lynchian than nice. Resident Evil, while Resident Evil is more like John Carpenter or George Romero. Ah, gotcha. Okay, I love the analogies yeah. there. Like, I love both of those things, so I would probably love this game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think it's a masterpiece. It's one of. Uh, it's also really short. It's only 
five to six hours long. Maybe I'll you can okay. I'll eat PSX too. I have I have an emulator for yeah. PS2, so I just do you have the no. Let's talk about this later. I I want that five. I, I want I would like I to don't. play it for. Uh, hmm. Return to Castle Wolfenstein. I do feel old. Pretty rad. Yeah. Oh, Our, yeah, yeah. You Return should. Castle you... Wolfenstein for that multiplayer is awesome. Uh, Max Payne was a really cool game back in the day. Super Smash Bros. Melee, I played a shit ton. Uh, and uh, Ten Upper Skater Three was awesome, but I don't think I'd play it now. <laughs> but it was fun back in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> All uh, right. Return to Return to uh, Castle Wolfenstein is still really fun. I played it a few years ago, and it was just like. It's still. I, I just like the transition to World War II game to just supernatural. Yeah, bullshit. I love that. Mm. I love that too. And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I always try to ask you guys. It does it really well. Did, did you? What do you? Did you think of the slow zombies are scarier? What do you guys think about that? Like, I, fast zombies aren't scary. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think slow is scarier. For uh, sure. That that's why that if follows movie is scary. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever saw it, but uh, like I think Aaron fell asleep like four times during it. But I I've seen it. And I liked it. Yeah, that is a a known uh, sleep aid for me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I mean I think like fast or slow. I think if they're if like a thing with like zombies or things that are sort of stalking you and hunting you is if you can if you have power of them, if you can overpower them easily, then they're not that scary. And if you can't, then, then like, that's why alien isolation is one of my favorite horror games. Cause you just can't do anything. But don't, don't to, you think like, that the, tension doesn't build when it runs? That's like, that's like action. Yeah. It's like, you're right. Like, but like, what, when it's slowly lumbering towards you, your mind puts in all these ideas of like, what could happen to you right. when you get hit or when it gets close. So I feel like that, yeah. that tension builds up and it's more scary to me. That's a good, a good point. Yeah, and the Joes move slowly. You can kill yeah, them, the but Joes. they're very challenging. They're Wait very hard these. to kill. They're scarier and they, to me. They don't run. Yeah. 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 I I think George Romero's right. I think that's uh, no. I, I think that's a that's a great point. Um, all right. Well, let's get into recommendations, guys. Oren, uh, you watch any movies lately? Um, I I saw the new Edgar Wright movie last night in Soho, which um. A lot of people did not like because hmm. it makes some choices in the final 20 minutes that aren't going to agree with everybody. Mm. Um, but overall, I really liked it. To me, it's the closest thing that uh, Britain has to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. Um, it like does the 60s throwback thing almost as well. It, not quite as well as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I hold that movie in really high regard, but... It almost does. And so I recommend it just because it was a very evocative experience. Also, it's the first movie I've seen in a long time that actually uses color in a way that's like really enticing. Like uh, right before seeing that movie, I saw the new Marvel movie Eternals. Mm. And that movie looks so muddy and desaturated and visually uninteresting that seeing that movie a few days later was just like, oh, movies can have color. I forgot. So, Last Night in Soho by Edgar Wright. If you like Edgar Wright, who did, you know, Shaun of the Dead, all that stuff, I, th- I thought it was a worthy entry into his oeuvre, or oeuvre. I don't know how to say that word. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. I think it's oeuvre. All right. Um, I, as I had mentioned, have been binge-watching The Sopranos. I'm up to season four. If you watch a lot of The Sopranos, you'll notice that they are eating, like, <laughs> all the fucking time in that show and they're eating a lot of pasta with meatballs so after like the 18th time I've seen them 
Tony stuffing a meatball into his face. I was like, I need to make some some meatballs. So I made some homemade meatballs. <laughs> I will link the recipe in the description. Oh, yeah. uh, it comes from a, a really well-regarded uh, restaurant in Brooklyn. Or maybe it's in Manhattan. I don't know. New York City. And uh, it's an Italian-American-style meatball. But I made some last night. They turned out really, really nice. I, I was uh, definitely going to workshop it a little and kind of go for the perfect meatball. I think, But I think it was a good first attempt. I haven't made meatballs in like a decade. But... You know, I just recommend uh, home cook fucking uh, home cook fucking home cooked. <laughs> you need some uh, the old home cooked fucking home cooked fucking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, home cooked meals. Uh, I recommend you know cooking at home, like l- making something from scratch. It it's if you want to eat well and you can cook a little bit, it's you're gonna you're gonna eat well all the time. So make some meatballs, people. Kevin, um, I you know I just having just talking about. Uh, George Romero I just keep thinking about Night of the Living Dead and I really like that movie and I want to watch the remake of it from the 90s I haven't seen that and I've heard that at the time it was received poorly but has since come people are watching it again and saying it's actually like really really good um, so I, I'm going to watch that but I'm going to recommend the original I love the original movie the uh, the, the irony of they're coming to get you Barbara still makes me laugh every time I think about it I just lo- I love that line so much I think it's like one of my favorite lines in any movie <laughs> they're coming to get you Barbara look there's one of them now <laughs> it's just I, I love it so much it's just it's amazing so and I, that movie is black and white something about that it's that we talk about like low fidelity horror in the PS1 games and how that's creepy I think the black and white also really works for that movie and uh, I actually kind of want to watch it just talking about it I haven't seen it for a couple of years but I love that movie <laughs> Night Night Living Dead. It's wow. so raw. It is. It's yeah. so raw, the black and white. Like It, it kind of makes it its own demon. It's kind of like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's like, mm. like you can say the other ones are good, but the first one just has this grainy, like kind of like home video feel to it that makes it different. It makes it know. more grotesque at times, I swear. It, it, it's something about that. It just, yeah. it's, it's like, ugh. So, so nuts. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I feel like I I feel like I incepted that in your mind by making you watch this Resident Evil start screen for the entire <laughs> Probably, two hours we've been recording. Honestly, <laughs> um, you know you know what's funny on say, that note. Just yeah. quickly, I want to mention to speak of him. He said that so they asked uh, Romero about the zombie zombie is how popular zombies have become in media in the in, especially in the 2000s. And he says he pointed specifically to. Resident Evil <laughs> and House of the Dead. He said those two franchises, mm. which funny came from Japan, have both massively inspired, and both of them were influenced by his work. So it's kind of like you mm. know, it all kind of comes around. It's funny how that yeah, works. no, that's cool. Um, I also it, it occurred to me while you were recommending that that I believe Orin and I both said that we were kind of sick of zombies, mm-hmm. and then immediately went on to gush about Resident Evil. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, my opinion on zombies: the only games that do it well are like The Last of Us and Resident Evil. Yeah, Those are the only two that I yeah. think do it well. The thing with Resident Evil is it's it's like it has zombies, but it has so much other stuff. It's like it's like it's kind of the monster mash. It's got all sorts of creatures, you know. It's it's all sorts of umbrellas got really cooking up a, you know, all sorts of monsters. <laughs> That's true. I loved I loved in the two remake the Cronenbergian monstrosities in the sewers. Oh yeah, they're awesome. They're so that part was genuinely uh, terrifying. It was wasn't it? Because you were so vulnerable to those things. Like that's the thing I really like. I said vulnerability makes good horror. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, and you're you're down there in that little fucking slingy fucking you know S curve shaped sewer, and yeah, those things are just chasing you. That was that was great. 
Yeah, they like unfurl out of like the water and like out of these pods. And it's just like, ugh. yeah, I love it. It's yep. great. All right, Madden, we love you. Check out Madden at uh, M A D Y N. Yeah, that's dot com or soundcloud uh, com forward slash M E D Y N. Um, and everybody enjoys some home fucked cooking. All right, <laughs> later on. <laughs>